Hello and welcome to the Reboot Podcast. My name is Dr. Beth Gracie. I am a pharmacist. I am a certified health nutrition and fitness coach, and I look to help you feed what's hungry, mind, body, and belly. In this podcast, we are going to examine things that are physical and mental health in nature. We're going to look at all the things that support the goals that you have for your individual body and find simple solutions that work within your lifestyle. I look forward to getting to know you and welcome to the podcast. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Reboot Podcast. I am Dr. Beth Gracie, and today, I'm really excited about today. Um, today, we're going to talk about brain fog, and you know, this is a topic that is really kind of coming into light a little bit more in you know mainstream, mainstream health in mainstream medicine, and I think it's a thing that is absolutely necessary to talk about if we are talking about that transition with hormones, when we're talking about you know, those different symptoms that we experience as we start to go through that shift with perimenopause and then into, into those menopausal years, you know, we can kind of feel crazy. We can kind of feel nuts. And the brain fog piece is a lot of why we feel that way. And so I want to bring attention. I want to hold space for that. And above all, I want you to know about it and know that you're not alone in these experiences. So what is brain fog? Brain fog is not a medical term. Brain fog is a symptom that has been you know, kind of coined over, over the last several years. And it's what it sounds like. It sounds like we are kind of this underwater just in this state of not having clarity. Um, and what's super common with brain fog is just really being forgetful. It's that, you know, walking into a room and not having any idea why you got here. It is literally holding your keys in your hand and thinking, where are my keys? It's, you know, sometimes I think it is exacerbated by, you know, how much is on your plate. And there's only so much bandwidth that we have. And as we, you know, get older and as we have, you know, more and more responsibilities, Sometimes we can't remember all the things all the time. Um, but what I think is an important distinction is that this fogginess is a sudden change. Um, maybe it's more of a gradual change, but it is very, very different than like, I just actually can't remember where I put something. It's more often than that. It's more common than that. It becomes more frequent. And when we can't remember what we're doing, why we're doing it, we stop in the middle, we can't find words, and we just feel like, were drowning when you used to be very mentally acute. You know, I, I see this a lot with like, you know, very high performing women, um, you know, business owners, executives, you know, lawyers, healthcare practitioners, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. When your estrogen starts changing, your body starts changing and our brains start changing with it. But that stress that it causes us when we're like, oh my gosh, am I actually losing my mind? That's a stressful thing. And so brain fog, I think the most important thing that I want to tell you here, brain fog is a symptom, but it is in no way related to anything that is dementia or Alzheimer's related. It's different. It is totally different. Yes, our brain chemistry is changing, but it's more of inflammation impact. It's more of progesterone and estrogen impact than it is about the markers and the physical markers that show up on an MRI, show up on a CT with things like Alzheimer's and dementia. They're not the same thing. And just because you are having any sort of brain fog experience does not mean that you are on this one-way path to either Alzheimer's or, or dementia. So I think that's an important thing that like for me personally, as I was researching and learning a lot more about this, 
I took a bit of solace in that, knowing that like I feel a little crazy, but this isn't actually like detrimental to my health. It's just something I have to kind of work through. And so, you know, for me, that was an important piece so that I can kind of take that step back and approach it, you know, more logically rather than from this emotional place of fear. So as I mentioned, you know, why does it, why does this even happen? So inflammation is a big one, but for that hormonal space, I'll come back to inflammation in a second, but that hormonal space, especially we know as we start transitioning into this like reverse puberty, right? Um, you know, all the levels of our sex hormones, they're changing and our brains really kind of have to learn what to do when we receive hormones. And we, they also have to learn what to do when we don't, you know, puberty is crazy, right? Like I remember just the same thing, right? Like I felt crazy. I was either crying or laughing or both at the same time and really had no idea what in the world was going on. And you know, there was a lot of years of that till my body kind of figured out what it was supposed to do. And, you know, I, you know, grew up enough to know how to manage some of those emotions and, you know, but there was quite a time period where I remember my mom just being like, I'm going to talk to you later. We're not going to do this right now. <laughs> and I'm actually starting to see that in my son. Um, you know, he's 11 and I see it actually, I see it in both of my kids, but I see it when they are going through like growth spurts. Um, they can't handle life. And when their entire body is changing, it's like everyone's crying, everyone's starving, nobody's sleeping. Every the, the world is just this very strange place for a hot second. And then I remember I'm like, oh, he must be growing. And I see that especially with my son. My daughter, my daughter just eats and sleeps all the time. A little less emotional for her right now. Um, I'm <laughs> just like be thankful for that because I know teenage years are um they're coming. <laughs> but, but I think about that, you know, for me personally now, and you know, a lot of the women that I'm working with where, you know, nothing is kind of steady with the way that our hormones are, you know, showing up that day or not, you know, perimenopause is a lot of years, average age of menopause is 51. And most women experience symptoms upwards of 10 years prior to that. So it's not unusual for people in their very early 30s, to start experiencing some of these things and brain fog is one of them. So we have estrogen and progesterone receptors in our brain. And so if we're used to having a particular amount of those particular hormones, our brain gets used to having that. And so if that's no longer predictable, our brains don't know what to do. So we kind of have to relearn, you know, how to act, how to feel without those things in the same amounts as we've as we used to. And so that's part of the contributor to why brain fog even happens. Inflammation is another humongous factor. And the more inflammation we have in our brain, or the more inflammation we have in our body, the more inflammation, more inflammatory factors we can have in our brains. And so this is a humongous topic in terms of gut health, but especially how these two things are really linked. So, you know, when I work with someone who has an autoimmune disorder, if I work with someone who has, you know, Hashimoto's thyroid, rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, you know, brain fog is a big part of their of their disorder, of the symptoms that they experience when their body is super inflamed and flaring. And so that gut health piece, the better barrier that we have in our gut, which is our first line of defense against anything that is caustic or inflammatory, you know, if that gut lining is broken down, more of those inflammatory factors can get into our body and more of those inflammatory factors can cross through that blood brain barrier and start to impact our brain function. 
So here's the kicker, right? Here's the hormonal kicker there, is that as estrogen goes down, estrogen is our anti-inflammatory hormone. So you can see how estrogen goes down, inflammation goes up. This is a thing that can up that brain fog, and here we go, right? So what, what are the things that make brain fog worse? Not enough sleep which is a really tricky one because as we go into this stage of life, it actually is trickier for our bodies to get into that state of deep sleep. So our sleep naturally kind of dissipates in quality as our hormones shift. So it's like, it's really easy to be like, yes, get more sleep. We all know it's not necessarily that easy, but we can recognize that we're not totally nuts. Maybe we're just really tired. <laughs> so, you know, if we tuck that into our pocket, we can recognize, okay, I'm feeling like this because my daughter was up 400,000 times last night, or I decided to stay out a bit later with my friend, or, you know, I woke up at 2 a.m. because I couldn't shut my brain off. And if that is impacting how you're feeling, we can recognize what that is and we can accept that rather than judge that. Another thing that will exacerbate stress, <laughs> obviously, stress makes everything worse, but stress really does impact that level of inflammation. So if our inflammation is going up, we can expect that brain fog to also, also go up. Food-wise, there are a couple of things that really do make a big impact too. Sugar especially, not like white. I mean, carbs are all sugar, but especially those those white sugars, those refined sugars, um, anything that is white, there are very few like natural foods that are actually white. It's all of the processing and things that, you know, kind of take those, you know, natural colors, flavors, nutrients out of that. So the more sugar that we have, more inflammation we have, you can see the pattern. Also alcohol, huge. You know, there's there's a whole thing with like that cobwebby feeling. Um, people talk about like feeling cobwebby after they've had, you know, an evening of drinking and that's kind of like the hangover symptom. Um, that's a lot what brain fog feels like, is that like kind of hungover, except you didn't have what came first. <laughs> so <laughs> alcohol is definitely a contributor, um, you know, on its own it is, but it also will exacerbate that brain fog, you know, if that's something that you choose to that you choose to enjoy. All right, more important, what actually helps it? So what is going to help relieve these symptoms? What is gonna help prevent these symptoms? Sleep, sleep. Sleep solves so many things. It really solves so many things. So if we can focus on our sleep hygiene, meaning like, you know, how often are we on our screens? Do we shut those screens down before we go to bed? Are you, for example, maybe wearing like blue light glasses? Are you, you know, staying up because the kids are in bed and this is the only time that you have by yourself. There are, there are tons of different things that impact that sleep. Are you staying hydrated? You know, that's a big deal with your body being able to recover is do you not have enough hydration? If we're not hydrated enough, we can't lower our body temperature to be able to get into that restorative sleep state. So focusing on your relaxation, focusing on being able to decrease the stress in the way that makes sense for you. Maybe that's yoga, maybe that's, you know, coloring, taking a walk, maybe it's, you know, for five minutes before you go to bed, you just shut the world out and you lay on your floor with your feet up a wall. Or one of my favorite things to do is just to lay in bed, hand on my chest, hand on my belly, and I just take really big breaths and kind of pay attention to, you know, that energy exchange of, is my hand hot? Is my chest hot? You know, feeling that piece of being in control of, you know, my belly rising with my breath and then exhaling and letting it fall. And, you know, for me, that's a really relaxing thing, but it's also a place of power. Um, you know, your breath is the only thing that is both automatic and under your control. 
So if we're looking at things that are going to help to decrease that stress and activate that parasympathetic nervous system, the things that help us to relax, that's a really cool place to kind of re-harness that power and to just recognize that you really do have control of a lot of the way that you feel when we choose to act with intention in that way. And your breath is a really, really cool way to do it because it takes no time. Like quite literally five breaths is enough to change your heart rate, change that respiratory rate, change the stress levels in your body. So that's a really cool thing when you're struggling with this type of symptom because it's it's not a supplement. You don't have to really do anything. You just have to sit and just breathe. And it's not overwhelming. Five breaths, cool. You can do that. Another thing that is really, really helpful is dietary things. So one of the things that people find really, really helpful are lots of omega-3 fatty acids. And there's a ton of research with how omega-3s impact mental health and how omega-3s impact cognition. So you'll see this with Alzheimer's dementia research. You'll see this with bipolar disorder. Um, you'll see this with concussions. So that's a really cool place if you are into that thing to kind of look at you know, nutrition recommendations for concussion recovery. And it's the same thing that will help us here. So omega-3 fatty acids, our brains are made up a lot of, of a lot of fat. And so the more we have that feeds the thing that's hungry, right? Uh, you know, the better off we are here. So what has lots of omega-3s? Things like avocados, um, walnuts, salmon, tuna, um, grass-fed beef has a better omega-3 ratio than grain-fed beef. Um, chia seeds, flax seeds, those are all really, really good sources that you can just kind of incorporate and just add into every once in a while. Or if you do those already, cool, awesome, maximize that. Another place is just dark leafy greens. Dark leafy greens have a ton of benefit. There's a ton of fiber. There's a ton of nutrient value in there, but they also really help with that cognition part, not because of the omega-3s, it's just because of the nutrient value that it has and your body's actually using those things and putting it to work in the ways that are helpful. Magnesium is another one. And, you know, this is a, another huge topic. I'm actually going to do an entire episode um, just on magnesium because it is that important. But as our, as our body chemistry is changing, as our hormones are changing, our absorption capacity and our utilization of magnesium becomes more important. Magnesium and vitamin D, very closely related for how we can absorb them. So if one is low, the other one is low. And so as we approach that perimenopausal, menopausal place, they tend to go down. And if we have sufficient vitamin D, if we have sufficient magnesium, those symptoms go down as well. So I see that a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot with, with magnesium, when people start to supplement with magnesium, when people start to supplement with vitamin D, I really do see a really big impact. One, in their inflammation levels, which, ah, you know, we've talked about that a few times, but I really, really do see a huge impact in the level of brain fog and in the level of just focused cognition and you know ability to stay focused you know throughout the day whether or not that's a project whether or not that's just like i can complete this task i'm going to start doing the dishes i'm going to finish doing the dishes without being like a squirrel every time you know you turn around or you hear a noise so those things are hugely important to make sure you're getting the nutrients that you need to make sure that you are taking care of your body because these changes are inevitable right? We don't have to fight against them. We need to work with our bodies. So when we understand what's happening, it's much, much easier to actually work with our body rather than to judge it or try to fight these things. So brain fog, that's a thing. It's a thing. 
and we don't need to embrace it, but we do need to recognize what it is. And now you've got some steps that you can take to be able to start to feel a little better and start to, you know, take some steps to be able to feel a little bit more like you. So thank you so very much for listening to my brain fog chat today, and I will see you right back here next time. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Reboot Podcast. For more nutrition, hormone, autoimmune, and fitness support, click on the links in the show notes to learn how you can work with me and learn one-on-one. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, please subscribe and share with others just like you who could benefit from this type of support. I appreciate you and thank you so very much for spending some of your valuable time with me today. See you next time.